You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, episode 71. And today we're talking about the importance of you taking time off in your business. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and after being in business for 20 years, I took the leap of faith from a traditional bricks and mortar business into the online world and created a business based around my expertise. Now I have a life that gives me the freedom to work wherever I have an internet connection. I'm now obsessed with helping the unheard experts who are brilliant at what they do but feel like the world's best kept secret transform to influential thought leaders, all while creating a business which gives them the freedom to create their life by design. Join me as we explore the strategies that you can implement to create and grow a business based on your expertise. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I'm your Thursday co-host, Samantha Riley, sitting alongside my dashing co-host, Tim Hyde. How are you going today, Tim? I am wonderful. Thank you, Sam. And with an introduction like that, how could I not be amazing? Exactly, right? <laughs> what a great team we are. I know, I know. That's so good. Today's topic, we're going to talk about why you need to take time out in your business, which Ooh. everyone that's listening probably is going, yeah, sure, we all know we need to take time out, but we're going to dive <laughs> a little bit deeper than just you need to take some time out, right? We're going to talk about some of the experiences that you and I have had in taking time out of our business and even not taking time out in our business and how that's affected us. Yeah, absolutely. But before we do, of course, we have a question from Ask Sam and Tim. We do. Um, we do. And this one actually came in from, uh, this is on LinkedIn this week, from Anthony Chan-Samuth, uh, being, who's currently the marketing manager over at Being Ninjas up in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asked, how would you write a more engaging tagline on LinkedIn for someone who's a technical person like a developer or a programmer? I think this is a great question because I think people make writing their headlines a lot harder than it has to be. And I know that we covered it off. We've done a couple of episodes on LinkedIn and I can't remember what episode it was, but we did talk about creating your profile and that headline really covering off who it is that you help and the outcomes that you help that person achieve. So I don't think that it matters what the industry is, it's still exactly the same equation or the way that we write that headline. But what do you think, Tim? Look, I'd agree. I think it's so critical. That headline is, is really important because it, it appears on all of the messages, you know, below your name. It's, it's kind of everywhere and you really want to use it throughout all of your marketing to sort of distill that down into 120 characters. But as you say, it's about what, the, what you do for people not what it is that you do. What's the outcome you create? In fact, I was just having a conversation um, with a mate this morning who's doing a PhD and he has to rewrite his profile for his, um, you know, his, for his group project on, on the website they're putting together. And he said, I'm finding it really hard to write this profile. And I said, well, think of it like this, okay? And it's probably the same with dating, right? Um, no one really cares about you per se, right? It's not a CV unless you're specifically looking for a job and need to list certain skills, what they're looking for is what the outcome that you create on their life or on their business. Developer, a programmer, what's the outcome that your customer wants as a result of the services that you provide? Do they want super sleek, fast code that's free of virus and you know um, security leaks, security vulnerabilities? 
So it might be something like, I help business owners or, or IT companies write amazing code that has no vulnerabilities. I think that what I'm hearing coming out there is you need to be really, really clear on who your ideal client is before you start this, because you need to be able to understand what it is that your ideal client's looking to, or the problem that they're looking to have solved. And also, we need to know the kind of words to use, because for someone that's writing apps for a solopreneur, they might not use the word vulnerabilities. They might be thinking more about How is it that I can get my brand out there? So know who your ideal client is and the outcomes that you help them achieve. Yeah, not what you achieve, what they achieve. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, correct. It's not easy to do, but when you get it right, people go, oh, my God, I need, that's what I need. That's what I'm looking for. I think simplicity, achieving simplicity is one of the hardest things to do. But keep at it. Keep trying to whittle it down. Keep trying to get, you know, break it down more simple, more simple, more simple, because that's, that's when you hit the sweet spot. That's right. There's yep. this fantastic quote from, I'm going to bust out my quote game again. There's an awesome quote from Winston Churchill. Oh, wow. He said, if you want me to speak for three hours, give me five minutes. If you want me to speak for th- five minutes, give me three hours. Right? And there is definitely an art in, in really simplifying and honing in that message. Absolutely. Here we go, Anthony. I hope Great question, Anthony. All right. Now, today's episode, of course, Taking Breaks. This is a really hard one, I think, for a lot of people because we, you know, so many of us are in this coach and consultant space, are solopreneurs. We feel right. we can't put anything down without our business breaking. I really understood the depth of needing to take time out when I had my first business coach back in, I would think, the early 2000s. And at that time, I had two businesses and being busy, I had, you know, two businesses, three kids, I was running a household, there was lots of things happening, but my busyness, I didn't realise at the time had turned into a habit. And it was my first business coach that said, you need time out. And we sat down and looked at my calendar and I said, I I can't fit it in. Like, there is no way I can fit in going to the gym. I can't fit in going and having a coffee with friends. And going through, you know, how to make that happen with him had the biggest impact on my business in probably just about anything ever because it pulled me out of the business so that I could work on the business, but also to give me the ability to show up the way I needed to show up for my clients, for my customers, for my staff members. Yeah, this is such a such a big topic. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that we don't realise, you know, and we're all very passionate people about what it is that we do. I think we don't realise how much we can get worn, worn down yeah. and that mental and, and in some cases even physical fatigue, how it has an impact on your health mm-hmm. and you know, your ability to kind of actually create really positive outcomes. And certainly, Sam, you know that uh, my wife has recently become quite anaphylactic to Mm. treat. And, you know, my my dog was sick at the same time and I had to have surgery as well. And I've actually noticed, you'll notice me clearing my my throat a bit, that just that kind of additional stress on top of all the stuff I'm doing in my business right now actually started to have an impact on my health. Yeah. Um, Feeling 100% and a, and a good mate of mine who I see on a regular basis and we do quite a bit of work together, almost every time he sees me late and he's gone, geez, you look tired. And I don't know if you've yeah. seen the blog post that Bronnie Ware originally wrote. Bronnie is a nurse in uh, that looked after people that were dying 
And she wrote a blog post about the, the five regrets of the dying after interviewing these people for, you know, I don't know over what time frame, but it, it was a while that it whittled down to five regrets that people have at the end of their life. And one of them is, I wish I didn't work so hard. And you're right. We do. I know you love what you do. I absolutely love what I do. I still work more hours than most people do because I do love what I do. However, I can't work 24-7 and do nothing else. It's still really important to look after me, after my health, and look after my relationships, my family, and all the other parts of our life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the, the other thing that it's, you know, we should be cognizant of and, and why we should be looking at taking breaks, and we'll talk more about, I guess, how you and I take breaks from our business shortly, but I think we kind of forget that we can work long hours, yes, but we're not necessarily working at peak efficiency. Yes. And sometimes even just, you know, doing those shorter sprints is far better than working, you know, at 100% or 110% is far better than working, you know, a 10-hour day, being a bit of a martyr and going, oh, my God, look at the hours I work at 50% or 40% or 30%. Uh-huh. Well, look, let me ask you, Tim, have you ever got to, I know you're a night owl, which is the opposite of me, but has there ever been a time in your day where you're walk, working away and after two hours you just thought, oh, my goodness, what actually have I done over the last two hours? Oh, look, so often. So often. I, just, I, I yeah. don't know where it comes from. I know there's, you know there's other studies, particularly in, if you look at school and, and in Finland where the kids are not, not made to do homework and they're, not, and, and they're far more efficient. They enjoy their schoolwork more. I know there's some studies in the UK at the moment as well that suggest that actually having staff work three or four days a week and only six hours a day, rather than this, you know, seven hour, 51 uh-huh. minute thing, actually gets people's the businesses far more productivity than uh-huh. forcing staff to sit there and, and, and clock in and clock out at nine to five kind of thing. Yeah, and, totally. And, and we need to learn from this as entrepreneurs as well about our own time, about how that potentially these little short sprints at a higher efficiency might be better for our business and getting better outcomes. I interviewed James Shramko. I will hook the, I'll put the link in the episode because I can't remember what episode it is. And he was saying that as business owners, we do what we do because we want to do what we want when we want, essentially. We want control over our lives. We want the freedom. And he said, yeah, how many of us sit down and work all day? And I tell you that that actually, and I'm a big believer in taking time out for yourself, but even that, I was like, why do I work through at two o'clock when I know I'm not at peak efficiency? So now I I generally do take a couple of hours off in the afternoon, watch some TV or a movie, go for a walk, sometimes go to the beach, sometimes catch up with friends. But it's, it was, it was, it took someone else to point out why do you sit there and work through if you've got the ability to do what you want when you want? Yeah, that was a really great episode. So so tell me about how how do you take breaks in your business now? Yeah, so I've actually broken it down into four key areas because I think when people think about taking breaks, they either think going for a massage. For some reason, when I say to people take a break, (laughs) they always think that means going for a massage. Oh, my God, that would be so good right now. (laughs) Actually, that's why I might do that today. But anyway, um, yeah, or they think it's, you know, going away for a month or taking four weeks at a time. But, but I've broken it down because there is actually lots of different ways to take breaks in our business. And it's taking breaks and also taking time out for yourself. So I just wanted to put that in. And the first one is, is starting your day for yourself, not your business. And everyone's got different morning rituals. Everyone does different things. Some people are not morning people, so they might not want to get up and, 
you know, go for a run. And some people, you know, might like to meditate. But taking time out to set yourself up for the day, whether it's a gratitude ritual, going for a walk, listening to podcasts, but not opening email the second you open your eyes. You know, how many people reach over and grab their phone and flick through Facebook oh, before they've even woken up? What's that rule? You know, I think 90% or 93% of Australians start and end their day on Facebook or on their phone. Yeah, so which means... number. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's what. It, how do you need to be spending time for yourself? So for me, it's I definitely go for a walk. I listen to podcasts. I do have a gratitude practice. Sometimes when I get home, I might just sit for 20 minutes on the balcony with a cup of coffee in the sun, just not even doing anything, not reading a book, not listening to anything, just sitting and allowing my brain just to do what it needs to do. Some days it's hyperactive. And it's going through 50 million things and sometimes it's just doing absolutely nothing. But Mm. giving myself the permission to allow it to do whatever it needs to do. Number one is daily rituals. Do you have a daily ritual, Tim? Probably not one that I do religiously every every single day. I know there are certain days of week, like I do networking events, you know, two days a week. So I'm not actually in front of my computer until, you know, mid to late morning. Um, which is a, which I find is sort of part of that ritual is actually sort of doing a completely different exercise than I'd otherwise do. I, you know, one of the things I, I do with my wife, not often enough by my own admission, is, is that we'll do a sort of, you know, 20 or 30-minute yoga session either first thing in the morning or first, last thing at night just to kind of – and literally just laying on the floor, usually getting, you know, licked by the dog. <laughs> but just, just doing a yoga session to stretch out and, and do something a little bit different. Yes. Uh, just that sort of moment of peace that's not necessarily a mad school run or stuff that so many of us kind of do, just to kind of get away from away from the business either the first thing of the day or, or last thing in the, in the evening. And we'll quite often listen to a meditation, you know, as we sort of lay in bed just to go, okay, let, let's get rid of the rest of the sort of noise for today. Phones down, right? Listen to a meditation as we sort of lay in bed. Nice. Awesome. So that's your, your daily rituals. So the yeah, second thing there's I- usually a bit of every Monday, for example. You know, there's um, there's definitely a bit of sort of Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works for you. I think I'm in that one percent that's <laughs> never seen an episode. <laughs> so the second thing that I've written here is taking time out during the day, and I did just mention this before. So this doesn't have to be a particular ritual every day, or it can be. So the very first time that I sort of figured out where the time was, was like I said, when my business coach sat me down. And what we did was we sat down with a calendar of the week that was broken down into hourly slots. So Monday to Friday in hourly slots for the time that I normally worked. And before we even put anything in there that had to do with work, he said, you know, what is it that you need from a place to be able to show up, you know, and the two things that I said was I need to be able to get to the gym twice a week because I, ha- I had not made time for that. And I said, and I want to pick my kids up from school on Friday afternoons and just sit down and have a hot chocolate, have a coffee with them and just debrief with them at the end of the week. You know, I don't get a chance to speak with my kids. So what we did was put on whatever days they were, let's just say Monday and Thursday in the morning, that hour gym, and we put in at three o'clock on Friday afternoons time with the kids. And it was in the calendar and it was a absolutely, we did not work around it. It didn't matter what was happening at work. 
It didn't matter how urgent anything was for anything, anyone else. They were my non-negotiables. And that's how I started to learn that we actually can fit time in. So that may be a really great way for you to start taking time out. Now I'm quite happy to go, actually, I feel like I haven't written written very much the last hour while I've been sitting in front of the computer. I'm going to go and do something else. But it's a really great way to get started. I think that's a really interesting approach, actually, putting the breaks in first before work. Uh-huh. And normally we do it the other way around. We put uh-huh. time into work and then we fit the breaks around it. Yes. Um, and again, coming back to that sort of peak efficiency sort of thing, if we put the breaks in first, knowing that we need to kind of recharge ourselves a little bit. Yes. In order to be able to give to others, then, then that work time around the rest of it is actually more efficient. Absolutely. Because if we are feeling tired, depleted, exhausted, getting sick, we're unable to show up and be the best that we can be. We're unable to serve our clients at the level that we're capable of doing. And that actually not just hurts ourselves, but actually in the long run will hurt our business. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it puts that artificial sort of limit on it and we go, why can't we break this? Yeah, that's right. The glass ceiling that you don't even know that's there. That's right. You probably just don't have the energy to get bust through it. Yeah. One of yours is one of my favourites and that's <laughs> mini breaks. So this is something that Leon and I do at least once a month. Every we're month. Actually, yeah. We're, we're, we're empty <laughs> nesters. We can do this now. <laughs> This month, we will have done it three times, and that's taking time out, uh, mini breaks, either weekends or a couple of days in the week, but I am big about this. I've heard other people call them staycations. They don't even need to be a long way away. We will often get in the car and take off, and sometimes it is only an hour, two hours up the road, but it's just get in the car, turn off all devices, and get out and get away. You know, reconnect with the people that really matter to us and have fun. Sometimes we'll go away for a fancy weekend and get all dressed up and go out for dinner. And just recently, actually, for my birthday, we went up the Central Coast and we were both exhausted. So we actually just got, you know, cheese and bickies and had them on the balcony with a with a bottle of wine because I didn't want to take my tracky dacks off. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I think that is important, though. And, and in one of the techniques I learned a couple of years ago that we start we do a lot. Penny and I do, is that we sort of, at the start of the year, we'll, we'll block out four, four trips, you know, and we're uh-huh. actually trying to do six trips this year. Her health has affected that a little bit. We're trying to do, so every two months, taking a kind of four-day weekend um, somewhere, so we'll leave on, on Friday. I'm lucky that not quite an empty yester net, empty nester yet. Yeah. Uh, my son is 13, so he can kind of largely take care of himself and my, you know, he'll start, my, my parents who are not not too far away, you know, and we'll do that sort of Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights and then come back on Monday. It doesn't affect our schedule too much and we're just doing it every, if we're doing it every two months or every three months, which is, again, it's just that little bit of time getting away, recharging, as you say, just sort of sitting on the balcony and, you know, watching the sunset and having a glass of wine or going for a walk on the beach or, or you know, whatever it happens to be. I'm not doing anything. Take a book. You know, yes. go and read a sort of trashy novel if you want to, just to sort of get your mind completely off the business. Mm-hmm. But it's such a big break that as solopreneurs, as I said, many of us are, that it impacts our momentum in the business. Yes, like absolutely. Little break might require then more planning. And it doesn't necessarily always need to cost a lot of money. If anyone that's listening thinking, oh, it's okay for you, like I can't afford to do it. In two weeks of going camping with with my daughter and her friends, it's going to cost us 
you know, less than 100 bucks to go camp. It's going to be really feral. <laughs> but it's going to be great to go somewhere where we actually don't have internet connection and just hang out for a couple of days, you know, in nature. It probably would cost us less than if we were home and heading out for dinner on a Saturday night. So it doesn't always need to cost a lot of money. Now, number four. Number four is your extended period holiday. So this is your, you know, your one week, your two weeks, your four weeks, whatever it is. And like you alluded to before, Tim, I think that it's really essential to put these holidays in before anything else. Between August and October, Leon and I sit down and do our yearly plan for the next year in business. It's finalized by October, but we normally start talking about it in August. And we sit down and we put our trips in and we put our major business events in and work around it. This year, at the beginning of the year, we knew that we wanted to go to the States. I knew a few people that were running events and I wanted to speak at those events. So I reached out, grabbed the dates, asked if I could, you know, if they'd be interested in me speaking. And we actually worked our trips around those events as well. I'm certainly not going there purely to work, but I've tacked it on in between our time off. But it was put into the calendar before we did anything. And I think that's really important. Again, making it a non-negotiable. Yeah, that's that, um, that planning planning ahead. And look, most people don't plan a year ahead like you do. I know from <laughs> October for the following year. Um, I've, I've spoken to many people who are like deciding what their week looks like. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> not on Sunday. <laughs> I can't breathe right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can see you having heart palpitations there. <laughs> Um, and you do, you end up being so reactionary to whatever's going on rather than deliberate about um, both your time and the time of your business. Right. And if you've got your business designed in a way that it is portable, uh, like yours is, like mine is, I mean, we largely only need an internet connection to sort of check in. And, you know, as we talked about last week, when we we're talking about that setting expectations with customers as well, part of that is also allowing you the flexibility of the business that you want, right? You want mm. just to create a lifestyle, not for the purposes of business. Yes. You wanted the lifestyle that it created. And just like we talked with, with Anthony about Anthony's thing this morning, what is the outcome we wanted from our business? Exactly, exactly. And the outcome is not the business itself. The outcome is what we could do with our lifestyle. Right? And we need to keep, keep on conscious of that. Yeah, I'm a big believer and all my clients know this and, and most people that see my posts is that we should be creating a life by design first and then creating a business that matches or allows us or gives us the ability to live that life. You know, I don't want to be getting to the end of my life having regrets thinking I wish I had have done this and that. And I have created a business that fits around my lifestyle, but it didn't happen overnight. You know, I came from traditional bricks and mortar businesses. It's taken a few years to get to this point, but it can happen. And it's, it's taking the time out to be able to not just take time out for ourselves to relax, but also to get us back to a creative space, to get our brains away from the business so we actually can think what is it that we're trying to achieve or, you know, the experiences that, that come back and give us momentum in, in whatever it is that we're being creative in our business. I think as coaches and consultants, creativity is a huge part of what we're doing, creating content, creating programs, creating workshops, all sorts of things. So, and it's getting out into nature, into different places, meeting different people that gives us the creativity that we can bring back and then transform into something amazing. 
It's interesting you use the words, uh, you know, sort of lifestyle by design um, there. I think one of the really influential books in my early entrepreneurial sort of, I guess, transition from, you know, from my day job to what I'm doing now was um, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, which I know you're a fan of as well. Uh-huh. And I remember reading that book and, and you know, for those who have read it, um, you, know, you, you know, he talks a lot about how to sort of create this little side business. But I think the underpinning message in that book is, again, being very deliberate about what is the lifestyle you want and then creating your job around your lifestyle, not your lifestyle around your job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and that was really instrumental in me sort of walking away from my quite well-paid uh, IT project management job, um, you know, in private enterprise and just saying, look, if, if this is this is fine, but I'm actually working for someone else. I'm not working for myself. And that was, you know, very instrumental in me walking, walking away from my day job uh, now, you know, eight, nine years ago now uh, and doing what I am now. And it's sort of, you know, I think that's an underpinning philosophy of how I approach things is if, if I, you know, I need to create the, the, the design of my business. Now, whether that be if I want to take, you know, a, a four or five week holiday over Christmas every year to, to travel as I did two years ago, I need to create a business and I need to create programs that fit that. Not that support other. that. So, you know, it's not a, you know, every single month program where, you know, I'm expected to live or work on the 26th of December. It's a, an 11 month program that starts in January and ends in November, or it's a 10 month program that starts in, you know, ends in October. You know, you have to, we have the, the opportunity to design our business around the kind of breaks we want to take. Mm. If I don't want to work Fridays, guess what? You know, sorry, guys, the calendar is not available on Friday, as you said. You know, it's not available. Um, my calendar is not available to, to clients after midday on, on Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's my time to either catch up on my business or, you know what, just take some time out. Friday um, afternoon's pub day. <laughs> pub day, that's right. You know, so, we, you know we, we're in a unique position that, um, that our employees are not in that we get to design our business to support the lifestyle we want. Yes. So I guess the overarching message or the biggest thing I'm going to take out of what we've talked about is that we should be creating the business that suits us. Like we, we're the ones that have the rule book. We're the ones that are in control of our calendar. So don't allow other people to control our time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just to recap, the types of breaks we can do, starting the day for yourself um, with whatever routine you're going to do. Uh, during the day, I'm going to summarise this, massage, movie, movie or movement. Oh, I like it. <laughs> the three M's. <laughs> three M's. So during the day, you know, look at the three M's, some form of movement, some form of massage, some form of movie, whatever. Just take that break for yourself. Um, even if it's just a lunch break, you catch up with friends for lunch, you know, even yeah. if it's business colleagues, fine. All right, or even just taking your lunch away from your computer. I'm oh sure God. I'm not the only one that's eaten my lunch at my computer. <laughs> you are not, so I will raise my hand. <laughs> guilty for that one. Um, mini breaks, plan those out during the year. Of course, long breaks, if you're going to take long breaks, you know, plan those out and put them in a year in advance and start to design your business around those breaks. Absolutely. I'm really glad that we talked about this, Tim. This is, I just want to say how important understanding getting back in control of my life and my calendar and filling my bucket has changed my business over the years. 
like it just so much because I've realized how much benefit it is. That's why I take so many breaks. I don't do it because I'm lazy or because I feel, a bit, you know, a bit special for anyone that's sitting there going, oh, I couldn't do that. I do it because it means that I can show up in a better way in my business, be more creative and, um, and just feel like I want to serve my clients at the highest level at all times. So this is, you know, a really a, such an important topic. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, of course, next week we've got a, I don't know, it's a sort of related conversation. Well, it is related because there might be people that are thinking, well, this sounds great, but I don't know how to take a week off. That's right. So we're going to talk about how to grow your team from zero. I mean, obviously, we have a team of one, which is yourself. (laughs) How do we get that first employee on and how do we start to grow it so that we've got that support, we can take the breaks and our business can start to run as a business rather than a job. So... Looking forward to the episode. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Um, Some interesting changes going on. Um, We've now got a submit button for questions. We do. So if you head on to the podcast or if you listen through the website at samanthariley.global, on the right-hand side, you'll see a brand-new button that says Submit Question. Click on that. You can submit your question. We would love you to give us any feedback, recommend guests that you would like to hear There's all sorts of little questions on that form so that you can let us know how we can make sure that this podcast is exactly what you want to hear. So it's super exciting. So reach out and submit a question on the website. Awesome. And of course, if you love it, don't be afraid to share the podcast with someone else. We we always love more listeners. You know, subscribe and, and like us on iTunes and leave us a comment. We really appreciate that as well. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining me here again, Tim. And thank you to everyone that listened. Reach out and let us know exactly how you're going to be taking your next break. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact? One of the reasons I've been able to achieve the success I have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor, surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.